Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to the Fan Batch. I'm Andy, joined by my own clone brothers, Wes R. Scott and Hank McLaughlin. Right away, sir. As always, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and come on, get in on the conversation. That's what we're here for. Buy uh, a cup. Buy a cup, too, yeah. Get some of that sweet, sweet merch. Uh, as uh, Wes here is sporting. New t-shirt. Fandom. Ah! Excellent. <laughs> Best podcast oh. in the universe. Don't, Sorry, don't, I couldn't help don't, myself. Don't, don't. So, any thoughts my on favorite. this week's, uh, episode? um yeah i got some thoughts all right um we talked previously about the the unsurety of uh hunter in his role as a father and now he's faced with an opportunity to be a real father without anything else and this was such a nice i know that this kind of goes back to oh we had such a great episode the week before and now it's uh side questy but at the same time, it's so tonally different. It, it is that, you know, that that let's let's just drop a piece of paradise in the middle there and, and give them something to like, oh, they might actually consider this mm-hmm. only to maybe um, snap, pull the rug out from under them later on, which definitely works in the, in the dramatic sense. Um, but this week, I felt I felt the warm and fuzzies on this episode, and I really liked it for that reason, that it was this warm, fuzzy, we get to be normal people for a little while. I I mean, I completely thought more of the, more of the same sort of, oh, no, uh, the paradise is going to be destroyed because they're there <laughs> again. And so it was nice to see them uh, battling nature, I guess. Yeah, no, and and instead of the reason things fall apart, they're the reason everybody lives. I guess you would say, you know, it was an interesting episode. I still feel a little bodily, but I know that um, Dave Filoni likes us to take a big deep breath before we jump right in. So yeah, suck back but, and reload, folks, because yeah. it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just got a new member to Team Omega, and arguably this person brings the least amount of skill to the table. Mm-hmm. Or do they? Just a kid. Well, she can drive a boat. She can bring social skills to a man. Her, la- her name, her last name is Hazard. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hazard. It's pretty cool. She's got to probably have some some action going on. Maybe she knows how to drive an orange car and, dri- and deliver moonshine <laughs> through Hazard County. Gotta watch out for Boss Hog. <laughs> uh, for me, though, watching this episode the first time through, uh, it was nerve wracking for me. Why? Uh, watching the whole time, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh, you were waiting for it to happen like, okay, in the episode. It's, <laughs> it's too good to be true. Can't happen. Mm. And the second time through, it was like, okay, it's a lot more calming knowing how it's going to end. But then upon going through really deep on my show notes, I fell yeah. back into the first camp again. Oh, really? Because I, I, it might just be me or it might just have been like a moment of clarity. But there's signs in this episode that line up to a theory. And I'll dive into that at the end of this episode. I'm not going to lie that the first, uh, can we call, I guess it's seismic activity. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. Mm. The first uh, sign of seismic activity. I actually had a thought of, Oh, there's a start. Look up everybody. The star destroyer is here. And those are the bombs. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. So they did totally subverted what I expected because I thought the same thing too. Right. But I, having them make the decision at the end that they do, I think it's just belayed. I think, I think, I think, the horrible thing is still coming i think that's the that's the whole thing is as being the audience we already know that whatever i use the term paradise i mean it's they it is a short short reprieve that they are going to have and either they leave before something really bad happens to those innocent people or they leave because something really bad happens (laughs) yeah yeah. innocent people yeah it's it's the calm before the storm after the storm (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes there's a third option, and that's what I'll get to at the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, uh, is it time for another installment? Uh, hang on a second here. i got to unlock the cage. Let him out. All right, here we go. Bad Star Wars jokes. Get back in there, you. <laughs> which Star Wars character lives in Florida? Which Star Wars character lives in Florida? Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, 
Wow. Uh, wow. Florida. Uh, uh, wow. Everglades. Gatorish. I don't know. The Gator Monster from the first episode of the <laughs> Mandalorian. Swamp thing. Yeah. Uh, no. Orlando Calrissian. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I was like, uh, my brain was going like Panhandle Solo. I. <laughs> yeah. Really. But nice. Uh, Orlando Calrissian. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so this has been another installment of Bad Star Wars. Jokes. All right, put the lock on that until tonight. Yep. There we go. So without okay. further ado, shall we dive into episode 13? Uh, I am ready when you are. Excellent. So, uh, this episode originally aired on Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. It's titled Pabu, and it has a listed runtime of 29 minutes with credits. Pabu. But it comes into 24 minutes and two seconds without. Anybody think Pabu was the name of somebody? I thought so. Based I on was waiting Pabu for a. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for a. Hey, <laughs> and it didn't happen. No. I'm like, could we get the same character in the in two shows in the same week? Maybe. That this might one be here coming. is uh yeah, really. Yeah. This one is written by Armanda Rose Munoz, and this is her fourth go-around writing, but she's been the script supervisor for 16 episodes. Hmm. Uh the director's chair belongs to Stuart Lee this week, bringing his episode total up to 12. And the synopsis reads: the team takes refuge and finds new allies. Dun, dun, dun. So we open in the nightclub district on an unknown planet, and the Orabesh on the signs here reads left to right Club Lauche. Mm -hmm. Oh, and oh. Uh, yeah, Club Lauche <laughs> and a partially cut off Oche. This oh, is our first funny. Easter egg remembering back to Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, where at the right. beginning he went to Club Obi Wan yeah, for yeah, an exchange yeah. with club owner Lao Che. <laughs> <laughs> and it's rather fitting since what our group is at this club to do, they're there for an exchange as well. That's pretty cool. Uh, inside, we see all manner of aliens enjoying the nightlife, including our favorite Aqualish, who's back on break from the Senate again. Back in that jump. I'm a going. I'm going with Hank that this is some kind of universal jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be. This is a uniform yeah. of some kind. But, I think uh, so. He's engaging in a game of sabak with a bottle of Utaguta Rodan, <laughs> and uh, we see a second bottle of this pop up as a protocol droid takes it to a table, and an R2 unit follows closely through the bar. Clearly a nod to 3PO and R2-D2. Yeah. But the real Easter egg is the bottle. Utaguta is the line Greedo gave Solo back in A New Hope. Utaguto Solo. And transfers, yeah, yeah to yeah, going yeah. somewhere, but that's not all. <laughs> the look, This is both... Uh, I, I love this Easter egg, but I'm yeah. also sad by it. Oh. Because the bottom portion reads Rodan. Not Rodian, just not Rodian, Rodian just Rodian. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it is right out of a kaiju movie. I don't maybe, know. but the portrait <laughs> on the label is, is a portrait of a Rodian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right out of the gate, lots of Easter eggs jammed in there. It's wicked. We join Omega and Fee at a table with an unknown group as the descriptive audio calls them three helmeted thugs. And Fee addresses the leader as Crowder and asks if they're going to sit there all day or get down to business. And Crowder, he cites that he thought Fee worked alone, but she responds that she's teaching Omega the fine art of negotiation. <laughs> and uh, Crowder's left-hand man pulls out a green ceramic tree. Fee moves to pick it up, but before she can, he puts his hand on it, demanding payment first. But Fee says no payment until she's sure it's not another one of his knockoffs. And Crowder relents and passes the tree across. And one table over, we see that Hunter is listening in as he's engaging in, in uh, a card game as well. Satisfied with the authenticity of the artifact, Fee nods to Omega and she slides a case full of credits across the table and he opens the case and we see neatly stacked credits, each bearing a denomination of 842. Did we get any other markings on those credits? I mean, I, I kind of yes. stopped and went, wait, what, what kind of credits are those? Are those the Republic uh, credit sign? So they are Republic. I believe credit. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting that they haven't switched the currency over yet. Yeah. But depending how many layers are stacked here, we're either looking at four layers totaling roughly 313,224. Oh, really? Or five layers totaling roughly 391,000. I thought I was the math in this trio. Nice. <laughs> I guess we could go back and if you really wanted to, we could compare them to the stacks of credits in Andor to see if they line up. I know they're the same, the same shiny gold. Mm, which is weird because yeah. the ones Hunter is playing with over at his table are almost a silver. Yeah, really. But, different denomination uh, i guess yeah. maybe but happy with the payment uh, crowder pours a drink and slides it over to fee she swirls it around and gives it a sniff before passing it to omega and she tells crowder poison isn't really her drink of choice 
And uh, Crowder responds, impressive for a pirate, as under the table he hits a release switch. And down underneath his uh, seat, a hatch opens up and a cohoon, the long centipede-like creature we first saw in Attack of the Clones, it crawls out. Oh, the Padme assassin. Yes. This whole scene was straight out of Temple of Doom, too. The opening scene of Temple yeah. of Doom. The, yeah. Yeah. You know, Here's you the see, poison. You can see Narachi in the in the jade tree or whatever it is. It's, yeah. Like, you know. The only thing we're missing is like the vial of uh, antidote and the musical number. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'd actually poison someone in a children's show. They might go for it, but maybe, <laughs> but uh, Hunter, he takes notice immediately as uh, Omega informs Crowder. She's not a pirate. She's a liberator of ancient wonders and fee. She puts her feet up on the table and agrees with Dr. Omega. Jones lady. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hunter or thinking Hunter is distracted. A Bith tries to snag some of his credits. But Hunter snatches his hand before he can. And leaning forward in the chair, Fee tells Crowder, you're going to have to do better than poison to kill her. And he snickers as the Kohoon has made its way up the back of Fee's chair and is prepared to strike. But before it can, it's skewered by a vibro knife and stuck in the wall beside Crowder's head. Fee asks, new pet? And I do have a question here because all the previous appearances and mentions of the Kohoon. Yep have stated that they're all instinct, no sentience. So just how exactly does Crowder have this particular one trained to go after a specific target? I was sure the last time we did you, did you check the legends lore on this? Cause I'm, I'm sure that the last time we talked about them, they were semi-intelligent, hmm. you know, like I, I know there was one Sith Lord who did use them as guards, but literally yeah. he just threw them in a chamber and left them at least trainable. They, they had to have some sentience in order to avoid the searchlight and R2, you know, when they're trying to sure. assassinate Padme and the fact that they were working as a, as a pair yeah. suggests yeah. that there's some higher function there. But uh, like Django Fett is quoted as saying, you know, be very careful. They're vicious and they will attack you if yeah. you're not. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere maybe high, high animal intelligence, I suppose. Yeah. The other or thing is uh, some way of manipulating them with like, you know, technology. maybe droid tech or something. Yeah. Yeah. Who well, knows? That comes Cybernetic. up here because their helmets bear a passing similarity to the design of Ant-Man with the, so, uh, the wraparounds. Yeah. yeah so is so. that a possible explanation? Maybe. Anyway. Oh yeah. Like maybe they can control these things. Yeah. Maybe. But drive, drive them like a, like a drone or something. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But Hunter stands up and the two flanking thugs pull their blasters as well as several others that have been scattered through the bar. And Crowder stands up and tells Fee he'll be taking the artifact back as well. And Fee should have brought more muscle. And right on cue, the gruff voice of Wrecker says, she did. And he stands up (laughs) and we get that great cue as he just like looms over this thug. And with the odds now seemingly evened up, Fee remarks how it's getting interesting now. I did enjoy that part. The, uh, the whole, uh, she did yeah i did like that yeah it's like the inverse of back to the future where griff just grows that extra five inches oh yeah 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 (laughs) but the thug tries to aim his blaster at wrecker and wrecker just bashes him in the head and tosses his body at another thug and hunter takes out the thug behind him and takes cover behind a table b slides down in her seat and shooting the uh, leg out from the other thug on the right hand side she kicks back from the table with the artifact in tow Omega shoots the right-hand thug and snatches the case full of credits back before dunking behind a table, and she mm-hmm. takes aim and falls a giant bell-like ceiling crowder underneath. And uh, that moment kind of reminded me of uh, Angry Birds, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Where they drop the giant pot on uh, King Pig. <laughs> Not going to lie. I like this moment. Yeah. I like this whole sequence, actually. I liked... Uh... I hate to say it because I'm not really, I haven't been fond of the character up to now, but I quite, I quite enjoyed Fee's little, like in the holster under the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was cool. Meanwhile, back on the Marauder, Tech engages in a game against himself using Gonky as a gaming table. So (laughs) add that to uh, the list of of features this thing's got. (laughs) A call comes in over the radio. The team needs pickup. So Tech leaps to the pilot's chair and responds, he's on his way and lifts off. Inside, the firefight continues and more thugs appear, and Omega suggests it's time to go. Hunter calls to Wrecker and then throws some smoke grenades, and visibility is quickly reduced. The batch make for the door while avoiding fire, and as the club doors open, smoke pours out, and Omega emerges first, followed by Wrecker, Fee, and Hunter, and they leap aboard the awaiting Marauder. 
The thugs emerge from the club firing wildly, but Wrecker returns fire as the Marauder door closes. Tech lifts off and the thugs continuing on the to fire on the ship, but there's no effect. And we cut to hyperspace and inside the, the Marauder at the back, we see Omega and she's like, now that was a fun mission. Yeah, she's, right, she's right, right beaming about this. Yeah, that was fun for her. Congratulations. We were in another firefight. Yeah, I didn't yeah, get shot. <laughs> but uh, Wrecker, he's in total agreement and Gonky gonks away between them. Gonk, gonk. Uh, Fee tells Hunter that uh, Omega was pretty impressive back there. And Hunter agrees that, you know, her training is really paying off. And Fee agrees that Omega has the whole soldier thing down, but questions maybe she shouldn't learn some other skills. And both Hunter and Tech look back and uh, to Fee and Tech blurts out, what other skills? She seems over her echo uh, thing too. The loss like, of, yeah. yeah. You know I mean, like, mm, getting least, back you know, it. well past it in a mature way. Like, yeah. Fee notes that uh, Omega spends all her time with the batch and she could benefit with a few friends of her own age who don't share her genetic profile and tech questions this because they didn't have that. And he doesn't see the issue, but uh, fee replies with a sarcastic, no kidding. But before they can continue the conversation, tech tells them they have an incoming hollow transmission from Sid. Oh boy. And they all gather around to display as Sid's image appears. Uh, hollow Sid notes that it's been 20 rotations with no word and they better be dead because their absence has cost her a few scores. And with a sinister tone, she tells them to remember their mutually beneficial arrangement and how well they know each other. And then pointing a clawed finger, she says, they'd do well not to assume that she's only threatening the boys. And without saying it, Sid has just threatened the safety of Omega. Hmm. I'll go back to what I said. I don't think I said it last week, uh, or maybe I did kind of jokingly, but like at this point, take her out. Yeah. Take her out. Especially after that line. Yeah. So, I, know, I mean, I know might, they won't. No, but we might see how powerful she really is. I think that I would be interested in. I mean, that's a question that we've asked before. How much influence does she have? Like, why were, why did they just reach out to, in the Zillow Beast episode, why reach out across the galaxy to uh, Sid when potentially there's people on the ground right there that could have went after it? Yeah. You know, so she's, she's probably got, got a way of tracking them. I would think so. You know what I mean? They, like, while they were sleeping or something they ate or, yeah. uh, you know, and I think she's going, she, she like, and we've seen it coming. It's she's translucent in the hologram for, yeah. for a reason, yep. um, but she's going to rain hellfire down on them and probably uh, down on yeah. where they are next episode. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a hollow call. It's another hollow call. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we get shots of everybody around in the cabin and we land on fee who remarks that uh, they didn't tell her that they cut ties with Sid and Hunter relays that their mutually beneficial arrangement wasn't so mutually beneficial <laughs> and feed knowingly tells him figured it out. Huh? She goes on to tell him that she's known Sid a long time and she's a useful ally, but she's not someone they want to cross. No. And leaning back in her chair, she asks if they have a plan, but Hunter glances forward and tells fee she's looking at it. So she gets up from her chair and says, in that case, you're coming with her. And putting her hand on Tech's shoulder, she tells Tech, head to these coordinates, brown eyes. And Ooh. Fee and Tech share the briefest other, uh, of other, moments. The brown eyes. Yeah, <laughs> before they're on their way. Uh, coming out of hyperspace, we do find the Marauder on approach to a bright blue planet. And on the surface, we find an inhabited island in the middle of a vast body of water. And the locals look up to the ship on approach. They land on the platform at the top of the island near a large tree, and Fee leads them down the ramp, welcoming them to Pabu, Fee's home away from home. Oddly enough, it looks a lot like the jade tree in the bar. True. But uh, she tells them it's a hidden sanctuary, and pointing to the large tower, uh, the large tower-like building, she tells them that's the Archeum, and it's where all the artifacts will be stored. It holds treasures from all over the galaxy. Hmm. And Tech's data pad, it goes off and he relays that the artifact Fee recovered is worth little to no monetary value. But Fee tells them that treasure can mean many things. And most of the villagers on Pabu are refugees. And many of these items that she recovers are remnants of their cultures. And that's worth preserving. Because after all, she is a 
But before she can say it and finish her catchphrase, a large man and a young girl step from the shadows and he finishes it for her. A liberator of ancient wonders. <laughs> and he tells V it's about time she showed her face around there. Yeah. As yeah, the yeah. two embrace and she asks, Miss me, Shep? A pretty interesting comment there uh, from Facebook. It's actually... <laughs> It's actually my buddy Mark. It's uh, one of my uh, my former colleagues from my service days. Mark says, "I feel her power is uh, very low side. It seems like a failed gangster who's only had a rebirth of power because of the Bad Batch. There have been several times that she has no one else to help her, like when she was captured during the racing episode. I agree with that. Uh, I yeah, mean, if if Sid actually has the clout to pull together." say several other thuggy people to go after the batch what does she need the batch for you know like how much is that going to cost her if she if she makes an overt move against them if she's calling in a favor right i mean we look at bit fortuna who held the impression that java was still a force to be reckoned with for how many years (laughs) after the fact i think he just had everybody convinced that you know java was still alive for a while yeah Yeah. i mean how else i mean all his power all three of us could phone the empire on someone, you know, like, oh, that's yeah. The, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't think she's going to act on her own. She'll just, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't think so. I mean, we're, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we're 90 minutes roughly from being finished the season. So yeah. I, yeah. 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 If they don't cross hair. If, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what it's all about. Yeah. Me neither. I got to figure it out. Oh, good. well, I, I can't wait to hear that. I'm so excited, I'm excited about that theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, Wrecker gives Tech a nudge and tells him, it looks like he's got some competition. And the young girl leaps to Fee and gives her a hug and addresses her as Auntie Fee. And the girl asks what Fee brought this time, and she unveils the green ceramic tree. And the girl says it looks like one of a kind, and Fee praises her for a good eye. Shep remarks that's not all she brought with her this time, and Fee makes the introductions. And the larger gentleman is Shep Hazard, mayor of Pabu, and this is his daughter, Liana. Omega and Liana exchange a glance as Shep steps forward to formally welcome them each to Pabu. And when he gets to Wrecker, the two big men exchange a hearty chuckle with a, you know, pretty good handshake. Liana tells Omega that Fee has never brought friends to Pabu before, and Omega questions not even Sid? And Fee replies, nope. Hunter questions, then why bring them there? But Fee replies, makes you wonder, doesn't it? Liana leans close to Omega and quietly says, she must really like you. And Fee tells Liana, that's enough of that. And uh, (laughs) Shep proceeds to invite them to dinner. And Fee tells them there's no saying no to Shep's feasts. Like, don't be telling my secrets. Yeah, basically. Don't be telling people I got a heart. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it's more secrets than anything. Oh, that too, There's food, there's drink, and general merrymaking. And then gesturing to Tech, she says, you'll probably hate it. Tech rolls his eyes, but Fee says, it'll be great. And then Fee beckons Shep to lead the way, and she'll catch up. Shep leads the group off, but Tech pauses a moment with Fee, and she relays that she has to put the artifact someplace safe and heads towards the Archeum. Tech watches only a moment before turning to catch up with the batch. And further down the mountain, we see Liana and Omega running ahead down a long staircase, which wraps around the side of the mountain. They lean over the edge, and Omega is awestruck at the view of the extended village below. And Liana tells her, wait till you see it up close. It's like we're all uh, walking up Helm's Deep there. Yeah. (laughs) She tells Hunter at the top of the mountain uh, is Upper Pabu, and it's the oldest part. But as they've grown, they've expanded below the wall into Lower Pabu. And just then... uh, an elderly old man shuffles by and says hello to Shep. And Shep responds in kinds and greets the man, Mr. Inta. And he asks how Mr. Inta's family's doing. And Mr. Inta tells him, they're doing good. Thank you for asking before carrying on his way. And Wrecker asks Shep, do you know everyone here? And he replies, of course. We're all like family. This is like small town everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Beside a hive-shaped stone house, Shep ushers the batch to a seaside dining area and tells them make themselves at home. And they gather at the balcony, taking in the view of the sprawling settlement against the crystal blue waters. And having rejoined them, Fee tells Hunter, not too shabby, is it? Liana smiles at Omega as a green monkey-like creature scampers down a pole near them, and it leaps to the ground, followed by two more, and Omega and Liana chase after them. 
Omega stops to watch them groom each other, and Liana tells them that they're called Munoz, and the elders say that they've lived on Pabu before it was even inhabited. One hops from Liana to Omega's shoulders, and they share a laugh. Uh, this is the first appearance of these little monkey fellows. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't recall seeing these before, but uh, they look cool. Yeah, yeah. They look cool. Always good to see another little monkey creature. Looking on, Tech remarks that uh, he hasn't heard Omega laugh like that in some time. And as the Munoz scamper off, the two girls give chase just as Shep brings out a covered tray. And Hunter inquires to Fee, says uh, that Fee said the majority of the people living here are refugees. And he confirms that many are. Pabu is a safe haven for those forced to flee their homes because of the war and many others after. And Hunter asks if they're not worried that the Empire will show up. But Shep doesn't think they will, though, because they're a small island with minimal reef sources. But if they do, he's sure they'll manage. Hmm. And he says that with like a tone of hesitation almost. But you think as a refuge at some point, I mean, it is an island. Yeah. You know, I mean, anybody who's ever visited an island, you know, especially a third world island, um, supply tends to be an issue. An issue. So, I mean, I get it that, that that's what the plot says, but like there's a, there's a certain amount of real world logistics that go into this like at some point your island can't sustain anymore yeah like we know there's a thriving fish population based on what we see flopping around oh, yeah. later on but yeah, yeah. you know can't live on fish alone but <laughs> uh, the two men look to liana and omega and as they're playing with muñoz and shep tells hunter that uh, some come to pabu looking for a fresh start a place to start over and he leans in, placing a hand on Hunter's shoulder and tells him, as a father, you couldn't ask for a better place to raise a child. And there it is. Yep. Yeah, there so. it is. Yep. Plant the seed, man. Yep. Plant the seed, Shep. He then steps away and Fee approaches Hunter and tells him, something to think about, isn't it? And uh, Hunter questions, are you suggesting we stay on Pabu permanently as they watch the kids play? And Fee remarks that uh, Omega seems to like it here and a little stability might do them all some good. Let the kid be a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Later that evening at sunset, the group sits around the table with multiple platters now half emptied from the meal. Fee pours another drink for tech and record continues to sample the cuisines of Pabu. Omega looks over the back of her wicker chair and asks Liana if she has a boat of her own, which she does. And Liana asks if she wants to take it out and watch the sunset. Omega exclaims, really? And Fee remarks that uh, sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. And Omega looks straight to Hunter for approval, and he tells her, you know, go have fun. Liana grabs a melon, enticing a Muno to follow, and the two girls scramble out the gate and head off towards the docks. In that sequence, did anybody else get the feeling like Hunter was struggling with, like, he didn't know how to say that? Like, yeah, like, he's not going to go off by yourself. Go have fun. Like, he's just so foreign. She only just gave him the speech. Like, he's. He's just entertaining this, you know, that's yeah, him actively yeah. putting into practice a new rule. He just encountered Seriously? moments yeah. ago. I don't know how to compute this. I'll just repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> As the girls rush off, Record groans and Hunter asks, what's wrong? And with a sushi roll in his hand, Record declares he's full and he's never full. <laughs> that's so true. Right? And Tech showing some humor pulls out his data pad relaying. He'll make note of the date and time to commemorate such an occasion. <laughs> But just then, Shep brings out another covered dish and tells them he hopes they save room for dessert. And uh -huh. lifting the lid, Shep reveals all sorts of tropical fruits and Wrecker's eyes go wide. And he declares, oh, I love this place. There's another one of those unidentified uh, fruits in there from, yeah. the, uh, um, from the other Temple of Doom episode. Mm. Down at the end of the long stone dock, though, the two girls make their way to Liana's boat. And once aboard, she activates the controls and they begin to sail out past the dock into the evening sunset. Uh, side note here, neither one of them exercise any boating safety. Wear your life <laughs> preservers, kids. I actually thought for a second when they hopped in the boat, that the boat was going to be just above the surface of the water. But like no, a, no, it's like, like a, yeah, yeah like it, a, like a hover, there. like a repulsor, like yeah. a land speeder. Yeah. No, it's no, in there. It's, it's in there. Yeah. But sailing towards the sun, Omega closes her eyes and breathes in the sea air. And a little ways out from the island, Leanna powers down the boat. And Omega tells her that she grew up surrounded by ocean, but it never felt like this. And Liana asks why she left. And Omega tells her the empire. 
And Liana, sorry to hear this, says it's okay because she's safe here. And Omega and her friends can stay as long as they want. And, Go figure. Uh, yeah. Omega tells her that they never stay anywhere very long. And when Liana asks, doesn't that get lonely? Omega replies that she's never really thought about it. Doug says, uh, her power is selling Omega to Hemlock. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's, no! that's, hard, that's no! the harsh truth. But... No. Is that will be like, so upset. Yeah. But in, and in, are we really straying into like, you know, like child <laughs> selling children isn't, you know, it's generally frowned upon. Like that's we, some dark, dark stuff. We've already had the the entire child labor force. I mean, we that's we're already true. on that path. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. And it wouldn't be Temple of Doom without a child labor force. <laughs> uh yeah, that's <laughs> that may be where we're strongly headed. Maybe. Maybe. But back at the house, the batch and fee relax with Shep around the table, and Fee remarks, It's almost time. And Tech Rig inquires, for what? And fee stands and tells him, Come see for yourself, as she walks towards the balcony. Tech joins her and he looks around, but he tells her he doesn't see anything. And she tells him, just wait, it'll be worth it. As the sun sinks low, the lights spring to life across the island, adding a twinkling glow to the island paradise. And even the locals come out to view it. He asks Tech, pretty spectacular, right? And he responds as only he can with, I suppose that is one way to quantify it. It's a very, uh, uh, that one shot is a very Mediterranean Yes. Ask, you know, like Italy, Greece, like in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Out on the water, Omega and Liana take in the spectacle from their vantage point and everything is seemingly perfect. And back on the shore, Shep continues drinking with Wrecker. Tech and Fee admire the sunset, but Hunter, he takes note of the Munoz who have dropped their fruit and perk up like any animal sensing danger. Hunter strides to the balcony, taking note that the other Munoz are running uphill to higher ground, and Fee asks, what's wrong? Shep stands up and joins them at the balcony, but a violent tremor shakes the island. Citizens stagger as the city shakes, and yet again, our friend from the Senate is everywhere, because he's there too. <laughs> we need a this, walrus man drinking game. <laughs> I, I have that wrote down. This could turn into a drinking game at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. Walrus awesome. man, have a drink. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, a, awesome. it's the Hey Norm game with, uh, <laughs> with Walrus Man. Star Trek game where every time Picard... Hey, Aqualish. Every time Riker swears. We get a little We get a little thing here. Um, did you guys get the impression that Hunter became aware of the disturbance the same time that the monkeys did? Yes. So that kind of goes back to that thing where like... Where he was inspecting the ground and checking for... Not only that, something. but they're like in the, in sort of the, the, in the background for the, for the Bad Batch themselves, like there's the, there's this thing, and I don't know where it comes from, that Hunter uh, is extremely sensitive to electromagnetic fields. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense that, you know, if there's going to be some major environmental shift that he might naturally aware of it yeah i sort of read it tiny bit different but it, it doesn't really change anything thematically nope. but hunter right so i thought he was hyper aware of the animal's reaction to it and that's oh, why he was reacting. right 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 hmm. that's interesting that i work too never thought of it that way but that doesn't really explain the next bit here no because out on the water uh, liana's boat rocks and omega questions what was that and she tells her it's just a tremor they happen all the time, but just to be safe, let's go in. Right. And Liana powers up the boat and they troll slowly over the swells toward the island. And uh, Hunter radios to Omega, who relays that they're all right and heading back. And on shore, Shep, he calls over the balcony, asking the citizens if they're all right. And they wave back that all is okay. Wrecker, he steadies himself and stands up and a bowl falls off his head, uh, noting uh, that was different. And Shep tells them, it's just a small tremor, part of island life. But Hunter, he suspects it's not over, just as the next tremor hits. And the island, it shakes again, this time causing lanterns to fall and islanders to lose their balance. The residents of Pabu began to scramble for higher ground while out on the water, a big wave rocks Liana's boat and the girls brace themselves. And Hunter remarks that was not a small tremor. And Tech relays that uh, he believes the island is at risk for a significant sea surge. 
And when Hunter asks the odds, Tech says, highly probable to imminent. Hmm. Shep says they haven't had a sea surge in three decades. And Shep wonders if a sea surge were coming, why wouldn't they have heard the alarm sound? But right on cue, the sea surge alarm wails and Wrecker notes that he doesn't like the sound of that. It's like a don't say I didn't say thing, you know? Yeah. Like a, oh. <laughs> You jinxed it. The horn blasts again from the Archeum. And uh, as the walls in Lower Pablo begin to crack and fall, Shep hands Tech his macro binoculars and Tech sees that the water is indeed rushing out of the bay. Tech relays this to Shep and tells him they must evacuate all of Lower Pabu. And Shep notes that Liana and Omega are still out on the water. And Hunter tells him he'll take the ship and go get the girls while the rest of them get everybody from Lower Pabu to higher ground. With a plan in motion, they all rush off. And while out on the water, the choppy waves toss the craft. And Omega can't understand why they aren't moving forward anymore. But from above, we see the waters receding back and leaving fish flopping on the ground. Yeah, because your little fishing junk doesn't have enough horsepower. No, it's getting Mm-mm. sucked right out. Uh, Liana looks back and sees a boat is getting pulled towards a host of sharp rocks, and they make the decision to jump to safety. And holding hands, they leap just as the boat smashes into the rocks. Shep helps up Erodian and calls everyone to get to Upper Pabu, and he tells Wrecker, Tech, and Fee to knock on every door, and they split up to cover more ground. Out on the former ocean, Omega lifts herself self up out of the wet ground and crawls to liana desperately trying to rouse her and slowly she comes around and as they get to their feet they look inland and a large rumble grows louder behind them omega tells her that they have to keep moving and liana looks back and sees the water rising into a huge wave knowing that they're too far out omega radios to hunter and asks what they should do and he tells him keep your locator on and head for shore not wasting any time the girls race towards shore we see citizens racing through the streets of Pabu as uh, Wrecker and Shep go door to door, clearing lower Pabu. Uh, the pathway to upper Pabu is crowded as the people rush upwards and tech notes that they're not all going to make it up at this pace. They need alternative means of getting people up. And Fee suggests that the emergency ladders at the top of the wall would do it. And tech pulls out his grappling gun and launches the hook upward and telling Fee to hold on. She pulls in close and we get a really 89 Batman moment here. Yeah, I couldn't decide if it was a Luke and Leia, hold on, or uh, a Spider-Man mm-hmm. thing, hold on, or something else. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. going with the Batman one just because he I like you know, that. went straight up. I do, I like that. But, uh, At least he didn't ask her, how much do you weigh? <laughs> yeah, Tech knows his <laughs> gear already. <laughs> how much do you weigh? As the girls continue to race towards the island, we cut back up to Upper Pabu, where Fee is instructing Tech to get the second ladder while she activates the first one. And as he tries to unfurl the first one, it's stuck and won't budge. Fee uses her sword to pry the mechanism on the second one loose, letting a ladder fall down to the path. And she calls down, telling the villagers to climb. Tech manages to unstick his ladder with a tool and it quickly rolls out as well. And uh, villagers began to scramble up the two ladders. Meanwhile, Shep and Wrecker have cleared almost everyone, but they spot Mr. Inta still sitting in his chair. And he's, he's like, hey, what do you, what's going on? And before he can figure out what's going on, Wrecker scoops him up and they're making their way to higher ground. This felt like such a sharp contrast to when we met him, that it was this like every day, hey, how's it going? And now that like people are panicking, it's like, is he like, is there something, is there a senility there or some kind of, is, you know, like, completely different? Everybody's running. We hear the alarms. The island is shaking and yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. still sitting there. He's like, going to sit here. Going you know? Yeah. 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 And I, I love the face he makes when Wrecker's like just speeding him off there. Like, like ah. I had this, like this vision of like, you know, like <laughs> it's like carrying a baby, right? Like <laughs> a man sized baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they make their way for higher ground and the girls, they continue towards the island and above Hunter has finally reached the Marauder. And he radios for Omega to hang tight as the ship lifts off and rockets forward. As the wave surges forward, Liana trips, but not about to leave her behind. Omega doubles back and grabs her by the hand, urging her to keep running. Just then, the Marauder appears on the approach coming in hot, and Omega radios for the girls to grab the cable. And they climb onto a rock, and Omega first, Liana second, they grab hold. And Hunter veers the ship just in time to avoid the wave. In this moment, I could not help but think of the first episode of this season. Why is Omega hanging on the outside of the ship? 
it's the exact same line like hanging off the side mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. she's used to it at this point right and now it, it, it's a completely different situation we've uh th- these characters have grown some more and now it's not even an issue yeah you know that she's just hanging on the outside on by a uh by a shoestring yeah <laughs> but at the same time she's teaching her friend to do it and her right. non-soldier friend that's right <laughs> Back on land, the last of the villagers make it up the ladders as Wrecker and Shemp with Mr. Ita make it to the ladders. Uh, as the wave begins to crash onto the shores of Lower Pabu, Shep helps Mr. Ita onto Wrecker's back, and they frantically begin to climb. Wrecker reaches the top and hands down Mr. Ita as the wave swallows Lower Pabu. He reaches back for Shep as the wave climbs the wall, breaking away the ladder, and Wrecker almost goes over, but the, uh, he holds fast onto Shemp's wrists as uh, the villagers behind him steady the big man. Wrecker hauls Shep over and the wave breaks against the wall and finally the water starts to recede. On the ramp of the Havoc Marauder, Omega and Liana look down at the now water-covered Pabu and the two girls wave to Shemp and the Batch as uh, they fly towards the landing zone. Shep and Wrecker, they wave back and then with a hand on his heart, he thanks the stars that Liana is safe. He then leans over the edge, watching the water slowly drain back into the oceans, leaving behind broken buildings and washed away streets. Wrecker puts a hand on Shep's shoulder and gives him a comforting smile. And then we cut to morning. Boy, that's a lot different than the uh, opening of the, when they got here. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to morning and we see the extent of the devastation. But not all is lost as Upper Pabu, you know, up there, everyone's gathered on the landing platform. They've all made it through the night. Yeah, virtually mm-hmm. untouched. Yeah. Tech and Fee help a distraught couple when Fee gives them a blanket. And then they follow the Munoz towards the great tree where they find Rekka Omega and Liana catching some sleep. Tech moves to wake him, but Fee holds him back and motions, just let them rest. Elsewhere, Shep and Hunter look down at the broken remains of Lower Pabu. And Shep cites that everyone made it to safety. And that's what's important. And uh, Tech and Fee approach, and by Tech's estimation, it will take several rotations to rebuild Lower Pabu. And Shep concedes that the property was destroyed, but he maintains that his people are resilient, and they'll band together and rebuild. Now, we're, we've talked about this before, like we talk about the passage of time. Now, we are all settled that rotation is one day on whatever planet you're on, yeah. mm-hmm. versus cycle, which I think we consider to be a, a, a month. I believe so. So he's talking, we're talking repair time in days. That's pretty, uh, or he could be talking about rotations around, around the star. You're talking years, years. which makes more sense in terms of this. Yeah. But several is your undisclosed number, right? Yeah. 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 I just think in, in the self-referential sense, the way that they've used those terms, Mm -hmm. it just seems that there are shorter periods of time. I always thought that, rotation was rotation of the the planet one day yeah however length long that is because when they talk about how long they were um uh when they were uh, trying to uh when the ship got stolen mm-hmm. right. they talked about how many rotations that they were just left there yeah they've been right stuck here for yeah three or four yeah, yeah. Days, right i don't crosshair I don't that was in years no and crosshair was 30 rotations when stuck he was on, on the platform on right Camino, right? Yeah. right so mm. I feel that th- this is an ambitious estimate of rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> and he's usually the estimate guy. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're about to talk next episode about how fast they can build Star Destroyers. So maybe they oh can build gosh, towns yeah. pretty quick, yeah, too. Yeah. Well, droid assist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Mind Those you, have we seen a single droid here on, on the island? Uh, good I question. don't think we have. I have not no. seen one. To be honest, I, I don't recall seeing any droids. I didn't see any other donkey. ships or, or tech of any kind, actually. Yeah, it was very... Uh, well, everybody's paradise. everybody's dressed in, yeah, soft goods. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like there's no armor or... Yeah. I didn't... I You know, I'd have to watch it again because I don't even think that I saw tech on people. No, I think you're right. It was all like wooden bowls and... Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The table... Actually, that's one thing I did notice... The tables and uh, were live edge tables. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's a nice little touch." Shep tells them that uh, they'll band together and rebuild. And Hunter tells Shep he was thinking, and says they could stay and help rebuild things. And Tech agrees, citing that uh, he was thinking the same thing. I see that sideways look. Yeah, <laughs> I see him looking at her. 
and this one this one frame should be a meme because tech is like yes <laughs> so there's your next version of that you son of a bitch i'm in <laughs> but turning to shep hunter tells them that is if you don't mind us sticking around a while and shep pats him on the back and tells hunter they would be most welcome and then gesturing inward the four walk towards the great tree we pull back from the island and we fade to black i'm not gonna lie um i was never a fan uh, of the fee character but you guys know how much i love tech yes and i have this like firm like uh philosophy in my life that everybody deserves to be happy and i'm not gonna lie her her being sweet on him in sid's office felt creepy but now like the fact that he's actually interested in her my opinion has completely softened on her yeah because of him hmm. isn't that weird eh? I'm going to break that opinion. Oh, okay. I'm going to crush it. Okay. But before we get there, Don't let's... Don't hurt me uh, too bad. I'm going to break your soul. Okay. Before we get there, let's meet the cast of this one. Oh, uh, yeah. So, ah, not Steve only Beth. in the role of Lance Crowder, but also Mr. Inta and a random villager is veteran voice actor Steve Blum. <laughs> nice. That's our... Uh, that, that's uh, Zeb Aurelios from that Star is. Wars Rebels. I'd love to see him back. Yeah, he has over 847 credits to his resume. Just a few. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Zeb. Uh, but he's also Logan in Wolverine and the X-Men. That's right. Yeah. And he was Starscream in Transformers Prime. He also does uh, an online voiceover course if you're ever interested in, in uh, pursuing voice acting. Neat. Nice. Playing the Mar of uh, Pabu Shep Hazard is Imari Williams, and with 101 previous credits uh, in TV, movies, and video games, you might know him best as uh, Boulder in the Transformers Rescue Bot series, or Shinjuro Rengoku in Demon Slayer the movie. Crazy. No. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, no. Fair enough. Anyway, last but not least, in the role of Liana Hazard, uh, is actress Andy Allo, and she's got only... 15 previous credits, but those include 17 episodes in the Amazon Prime series Upload as Nora Antony. Oh, that's a great show. Have you seen that? I have not seen no, it yet. Not. We can no, talk about that seen. separately. Just quickly, though, that show is about um, uh, essentially like matrixing. It is you when you when you die, they basically upload your consciousness into a into a VR uh, simulated world like The Sims, but it's completely like neat. Yeah, and the idea is that. Um, your estate pays for it so depending on what they've what they've paid for determines the amenities you get in the afterlife it's very good hmm. yeah totally good she was also in 13 episodes of chicago fire as lieutenant wendy seeger and she played serenity in pitch perfect three okay uh next up we have our first mystery and uh this goes back to the symbol on the case of credits way back at the beginning Oh, right. What does mm. this symbol belong to? Like, is it a new banking clan, a rebel organization? Nothing comes Man, up online for it. You know, the I the place. <laughs> Maybe it seems like it, and Star Wars makes a big deal out of heraldry. Like everybody has an emblem. Oh, so master, is yeah. this some kind yeah. of criminal uh, organization? Maybe it's got it's I mean, it's very you blur your eyes and you can see the Iron Cross in the middle. Right. Yes. Like, you, you definitely can. I mean, the negative space tilt, is very tilt your dark. head a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's put this through the, uh, and I'm, I'm going to use the death watch as uh, not the death watch. Oh my gosh. Uh, the shadow collective is my sort of frame of reference. Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red field and the, the triangles all coming together in the middle. Like maybe it's several groups that are, maybe this is, uh, does the shadow collective have a, a, an emblem? I don't know. I've never looked it up. You kind of blur your eyes, which I'm doing too much now. I'm probably look weird oh, to sure. everybody out there, but yeah, right. it looks Molly. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> like, I, I can't, I angular and sharp and red that. and black. I cannot dispute that. Is this, is this early, early shadow collective stuff? And, and very like a lot of symmetry. Let's see yeah. if we can, let me see. I'm going to, you know what, while we go, cause I Google like, Using the Google lens, nothing comes up for it matching. And, but like these credits, they had to come from somewhere. Uh, agreed. Like you don't just go mm. out and get a neatly stacked case full of credits. No. no. So again, and here it is. Like, bags with dollar signs on them. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing, right? Like I said, 
So Star Wars makes a huge deal out of out of uh, heraldry, and I mean, so sh- we can immediately rule out the Shadow Collective because they mm-hmm. they do have, you know, what about? Let, let's see, what other? Uh, well, let's, oh yeah, it was Crimson Dawn maybe. Crimson Dawn, yeah. Let's see if we can find uh, something for that. That half circle of the Crimson yeah. Dawn. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, Crimson Dawn, obviously. Right. It, yeah. it just fits in that sort of like this. To me, it says criminal. How about the Guavian Death Gang or, or one of those? Oh yeah, so something more future. Uh, uh, let's have a look at that. What was uh, the other one from uh, Force Awakens? The that's a great point. Um, Kanji Club. Kanji Club. So not the Guavians, but again. Redfield with uh you know yeah 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 kanji club i'll look them up too while we're talking about this kanji yeah it was just a little uh little detail that kind of threw me down a hole and i couldn't find anything for it so it's real cool you know but i wouldn't dismiss it um no nothing is there yeah 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 unless i can find something it's a reference to some other franchise maybe Right, and then the Kanji Club. Oh, well, this is on something. I don't know where they've got this picture. <laughs> Kanji Club has something else. Uh, you can probably not. Let me see if I can pull. No, it's hard to see. This down white on, white on white. <laughs> it's very difficult. I apologize for that. Let me see if no, I can. Right. Uh, I'm just kidding. Let me see if I can make that a little bit easier to to see here in camera. Mm. Okay. Right. So that I mean, I, I'm going with this is definitely some kind of criminal sure. organization. Pike Syndicate. Pike, Pike's a, yeah, sorry. Sorry. No, keep going. Keep going, details. man. No, no, this isn't. This is fun. <laughs> this is totally fun. Pike Syndicate logo. Definitely not the Pike Syndicate. That's a yellow thing. Yeah. So yeah. what's the, um, what is the organization? Uh, uh, Knights of Ren? That Shizor ran. Oh, Black Sun. The Black Sun. So this probably will not be the Black Sun. Knights uh, of Ren? Knights of Ren. No, that's an interesting There's one. There's all yeah. kinds of these factions. Yeah. There's the Droid Katra. Yeah, so then definitely. The Droid Katra. Mm. Droid Gatra. Droid Gatra. Because, yeah, the Knights of Ren, you could see something like an Iron Cross being representative of knights, right? Right. Uh, I would agree with that. The Droid Gatra apparently does not. I, I'm not finding anything. It's just ones and zeros. Yeah, that's really. A rabbit hole. It's but fun to go down these rabbit holes in real time. Absolutely. I, I still think uh, I'm still leaning towards criminal organization of some. Yes, yeah, fully, fully. Fair enough. Yeah. Which I think is kind of funny when you just like, we'll just put a, put a sticker on it, right? Like, yeah, just announce who we are. <laughs> this is where you go when you need to trade <laughs> oh, in. Oh, by the way, I'm going to need that. The case. Rebel Alliance had us like, you know, how many Santanistas have like a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is I'm going to need that case back, by the way. <laughs> you can have the credits. I need the case. <laughs> All right, so time to break your opinion. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, as Din Djarin has told us. Whoa, wait, wait. We got sound bites here. Okay, so. sorry. Which part? Oh, yeah. So the line from Din Djarin. Yeah. Let me get that for you here. Kid, never trust a pirate. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, are, this is a cautionary tale, I see. This is a cautionary tale. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's funny they gave us that line a couple weeks ago. But... Sure, sure. With that in mind, and I think my instincts are correct on first watch, waiting the whole episode for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. On second go through, knowing what happens, it eased my mind. But back again, there's Dude, this is things. like a whole flow charty thing. This is a flow chart. Okay. Thing. Okay. So right, right. we've been given a sense of false security for the moment. But uh, just like Jay said unto Silent Bob, whole fucking world's against us, dude. I swear to God. That's right. <laughs> the batch is on the run for a reason. Yeah. And we cannot lose sight of that. Okay. So if we go back to episode one of this season, we knew Fee must have had something over Sid the way she acted in the office. Yeah, we all, I, I agree with that yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 So perhaps to clear whatever debt Sid owed to her, she yeah. lent the batch out for an undetermined amount of missions. Because when we get to episode five, we see Fee, you know, she's downright mean to tech, but very encouraging to Omega. Mm, true. So maybe she sees her as a protege, like maybe it's motherly instinct or something, but either way, it's clear Omega has taken a liking to fee as well. Yeah. Because I mean, Omega doesn't see her as a pirate. No, she's, she, she's bought she, into the liberator of antiquity yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fully but jumping ahead to episode 13. We get some significant develops because fee learns that the batch is trying to cut ties with Sid. Yep. But she also learns that Sid isn't above threatening Omega. 
Mm-hmm. And Fee herself says, you know, you don't want to get on her bad side. And if Fee actually didn't know this, there's a good chance whatever Sid and Fee had going had already been resolved. Like debt okay. paid. Yeah. But if Sid found out Fee is still running around with the batch, that would put her back on the wrong side of Sid. That would put Fee on the wrong side yeah. of Sid. Okay. Yep. And in that vein, she takes them to Pabu while also planting that romantic seed in the mind of Tech, the smart one. That's some Lando yeah. level shit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Even Wrecker <laughs> takes notice of this because like when we get to Pablo, he calls Shep Tech's competition. Right. And Shep is the mayor and his daughter, Liana, bears a striking resemblance to Fee. And I know she calls her auntie. Auntie, yeah. But we never hear mention of Liana's mother. That's no backstory, true. no her and Shep came to Pabu to escape the Empire, anything like that. And even though she calls her auntie, I think that's a safety misdirect for Liana's benefit. Don't really want to know who your mother is. Or don't reveal who your mother is. I don't think Liana is. I, I don't think Liana is. In I don't all. think she's in on it. No. If that's the case. No. But like Maz Kanata said, if you look long enough, you see the same the eyes. same in eyes different people. in different people. And I think those eyes are a match. You shrewd bastard. But not mm. there, though. Okay. Okay. So uh, when Hunter asks Shep if he's worried about the Empire, he brushes it off like, they have minimal resources, but the empire is all about scrubbing out other cultures. And if they found out that this place was a repository for lost artifacts, yep. would they not just roll in and level the place? Hard to say. I mean, it depends on who's a line officer. Maybe a guy like Thrawn, probably not. Mm. Thrawn would probably collect the artifacts and study them. That's his that's his thing. But I mean, that's so specific to that one character. We're in the timeline of destroy everything. He's not gone at this point. He's still ostensibly, you know, somewhere between the the Chiss Ascendancy and, you know, the Empire proper. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Shep's response is the one that triggers this theory here, because he says, if they do come here, we'll manage. And it's spoken like somebody who's already made a deal but they might be having second thoughts. Uh, did you not say that's Lando level stuff? Hey, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pray I don't alter the deal further. Well, that mm-hmm. comes up here in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Shep also does a great job of convincing Hunter that this is the place Omega should be. Like, it's a great place to raise a kid. Yeah. But we have Fee continuing to distract tech, which seems kind of out of character. Like when I first watched it, the romance aspect caught me off guard. It's like, really? We're going to introduce this this late in the game. But again, we're keeping the smart one distracted. Oh, the feminine wiles, you women. Jesus. <laughs> the tsunami is definitely a monkey wrench thrown into the plan, but it yeah, only yeah, delays yeah. things uh, with the unintended side effect that the batch has now endeared themselves to Shep and the Islanders. Mm, yeah. So suppose that to square herself away with Sid, he gives up the bad batch on the condition that Omega stays with her safe on the island. Sid takes the deal and in turn sells them out to the empire for the reward that's on their heads. Oh, it's a win-win for Sid for both technically fee and Sid. Yeah. Yeah. And now we know technically though, at this point, Hmm. the batch is pretty low on the radar for the empire because Dr. Hemlock's main target is Omega. So if fee and Sid do indeed sell them out when the empire comes to collect, we may get that legacy line about uh, the deal being altered further and they'll take Omega as well. Mm, yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Doing this, this will land the batch in a cell right next to crosshair with whom they'll have to work together with, to escape and rescue Omega. But mm-hmm. since fee is only selling them out to square herself with Sid and protect Omega. Yeah. I believe we can look for her to show up in the season finale, possibly with the cavalry. Meaning Rex and echo. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, Still time to save. Han. Yeah. <laughs> So that is my theory. Wow. Uh, Or am I completely off the rails? No, absolutely (laughs) not. I think there's a lot of off the rails. There's a lot of stuff in there that absolutely makes sense to me. I'm not so sure that they are off the radar though. I think that, you know, that there's still scorch hanging in the the wind, right? Who's specifically been ordered to find out who that shuttle was. Yeah. I still think scorch is yet to play a major role in that. And so that's the, that's an extraneous thing that I can't, I can't fit it into. I can't neatly fit it into your theory. Although I want to, well, he could be the one to show up at the Island for all. I'm yeah, just, just a sign. He, I mean, he just has to be following orders. It doesn't, that's have to right. Be, yeah. 
And if 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 like you know if it's hemlock, you're more likely to get commandos than than troopers. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or clones. You're gonna get right? the the ultra super super duper loyal. And I'll make yeah, all, we're not questioning. I I also have a theory, but my theory is uh, it involves the Bad Batch and Omega heavily, but it 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 has to come at the end of our Mandalorian episode later today because it it, it oh. ties everything up a bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what, while else. while we were on air, an Amazon guy knocked at the door. You guys might have heard that. You want to want to oh, do something wow. on air here? What live unboxing? All right. Yeah. Try not to cut myself horribly. Gotta, What's, in gotta gotta What's in the box? What's in the box? It's fun to know, but to pretend that you don't know. It could have been a belt. <laughs> so it could have been a belt. But yeah. it's not. Oh, there it is. Ooh, wow, that yeah. was fast. That was super fast. I remember you saying you were ordering that. Yeah, That's they were really on for fast. $9.97. And so this is Amazon, right? And, and yeah. when I say Amazon, it's Amazon Canada. Now, uh, we are all toy people here, and we've all ordered toys from Amazon. Yes. Turn that turn that sideways. I want to see the profile of that card. That's pretty good for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Who has this, there's like, just, notorious little, reputation of, like, just see, mangling? You could see a, a little angle in the light there. There's yeah. a little bend there. I'm re- I'm recovering. Oh, there's a little there's a little like sort of like almost like shelfware on that corner. Yeah. yeah. So if you're super anal like I used to be, I mean, <laughs> I, I, look, it came packed like this with one with pillow, large bubble wrap, oh, and yeah. the card flat on the bottom. There you so, go. You no, know, I mean, one packing pillow in the yeah, box. Yeah. A <laughs> little bit. But, of, uh, that's pretty par for Amazon though. Our yeah. face is. I don't know if you guys can. I don't know yeah. if your version. No, no, I wouldn't. I'd be embarrassed so to show you. I just, wow, you know, in my nice. in my own head cannon, uh, I have the first version of that figure. It's really boosh. That's what I. It, the helmet never comes off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's right. really boosh. It is. I mean, I don't have a Han Solo for that to go with. I don't even have the carbonite one to hang on a wall. So, I. Uh, it's cool though. It was it was under ten bucks. You can't say no to that. Fast. I yeah. think we ordered it Friday, and I was teasing Lauren. I think I said uh, I sent it to her at like ten o'clock at night before bed. Can you buy me this tomorrow? <laughs> and uh, she bought it right away, but didn't tell me because then oh, when that's I very remembered, nice. I was scrolling through my Amazon at work uh, on the in the bathroom. And I, <laughs> my orders. Wait a minute, I didn't order that. There, but, <laughs> no, no, I. But I remembered that I'd sent it to her, so I, I I reminded her, "Hey, can you please remember to buy this when you get up?" And uh, it was out of stock. Oh no! So she had bought it the night before. So oh, awesome. that's good. That's really yeah, good for, for ten bucks. I probably could have had an army of bushes. <laughs> <laughs> man custom fodder if you're if you're a customizer that would have been good mm-hmm. yeah man making up some new bounty hunter types head swaps a little paint job and well that was uh the bad batch uh episode what was the number on this one 13 13, on 13, one. 13 pabu not gonna lie I, I was expecting hey like a bunch of like i thought it was a character name so yeah i was pleasantly subverted on this one i love mm-hmm. the 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 breathing room that this one gave the uh, lulled into the false sense of uh temporary security <laughs> there's enough story beats to keep me to keep me interested um i do i think it's it's straight a little bit bodily for yeah this late in the game but like like you say like three quarters of the way through uh all these series have had breather episodes yeah 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 like a, yeah so the tide well, is reaching out and it's coming back <laughs> certainly it's coming back if you were disappointed in side quest episode of the bad batch um wait till you get to the mandalorian episode that we're gonna See, cover that tonight didn't, that didn't bother me i mean this I didn't bother me either I, get me wrong. I have some issues that i will talk about it when we get to that but in order to get our thoughts on that, you're going to have to come back tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I'll be back in the hot seat covering uh, chapter 19 of The Mandalorian. This one is The Convert, which we're going to talk about extensively because I think that has uh, multiple, multiple meanings. This will be a fun one to talk about. Don't forget, guys, uh, for those of you who are watching right now, you know we're a live show. Do come back. Do hit us up with your comments in the uh, in the live chat on whatever uh, platform that you are watching on because we love to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts on this stuff as we suss it out and we will do a lot of mm-hmm. sussing tonight as we continue in my what i've attempted to do a looser format to make it more conversational and, and ask more questions mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, but that's going to be uh, that's tonight. That's a couple hours from now. <laughs> yeah. Anything you guys want to close on before we wrap it up for this afternoon? Well, to find out if my theory is uh, correct or not, we'll find out next Wednesday on uh, when the next episode airs. It's called Tipping Point. Tipping Point. Tipping Point. Yeah. Yeah. That that says something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that title does. alone <laughs> says something. And, it does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll be back next Sunday here to unwrap it all. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. This so is awesome. All right, man. Take us out. From uh, Fandom Power, I'm Andy. I'm Wes. I'm Hank. We'll catch you on the next one. See you tonight, guys. Bye for now. Same batch time. Same batch batch channel. channel. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. 